Welcome to the Hypnotic Comic Live Show. Finding that entertainment without meaning isn't cutting it anymore? Do you want to feel deeply connected, yet lifted up into the heights of laughter? You found that place where comedy meets the full expansion of life's possibilities. Now, for your hypnotically comical host, Jenna Grayson! <laughs> Thank you so much, Doug. What a fun intro. This is your hostess with the mostest, Jenna Grayson. What's up? We're here today in Malibu. I'm really excited. We're in such a beautiful little rainforest behind a beautiful giant house. And... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the guest and our, my guest today, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm up to as well. My my guest today on the Hypnotic Comics Live Show is Elizabeth Duncan, and she is a successful entrepreneur. We're outside in her backyard. That's the airplane. That's her private jet. No, that's not true. That part's not true. That part's not true. We're private soon. We're going to be in the private jet. No, that's not true. But um, so she she's a business owner and and creating products and clothes for yoga and athletic leisure goods that are kind goods and foods superfoods that are kind to the planet. And uh, we're going to go into her journey of self discovery and how she was able to um, become an entrepreneur from zero from the starting point with the journey of self-discovery to learn about the the journey of an entrepreneur doing good for the planet and finding success in the world while staying grounded and centered and really, really joyful. How about that? Let's do that, folks. That's the new woman. <laughs> Talk about the new man is the new woman. True. Right? Yeah. Okay, so before we start chatting... Um, so I just want to tell, let you guys know that uh, I have a show coming up at the House of Blues um, the last Sunday of May is my next show. I think that's, let me pull up my calendar real quick here. Oh, jeez. The last Sunday of May is the 26th. So if you guys can come out and support House of Blues, we're going to have a really great crowd and show I'm sure we'll sh- out. Um, that's the one in Anaheim. And then I'll keep you guys posted on the next show for Los Angeles and, and otherwise. So that's the stand of comedy space. So we're going to go into talking with Elizabeth, um, whose passion for product development has led her to continue innovating and prototyping for consumer markets in food, wellness, clothing, and outdoor industries. She actually is living in Spain, and she's establishing supplier and manufacturing relationships in Europe, as well as South America and Asia. She has a background in politics, which has helped her to develop a passion for the environment, uh, which evolved for her into co-founding a vegan raw snack food company, and she eventually sold the, her half and consulted with many other health food companies to develop new product line and bring them to the market. Uh, With these experiences, she's honed her skills in copywriting, branding, marketing, and sales, as well as forging relationships, including a beautiful relationship with her beautiful partner with independent stores. I love that. Major retail chains and key distribution. If I didn't know her, I'd be like, wow, that's really left brain. (laughs) She's so like, she's so like, she's. I gotta be wearing a suit and tie right now. <laughs> well, that's it's part of the story. It's about fifty percent of the story, and okay. then the other fifty percent, I try to throw in some splashes of fun in there and keep it more colorful. <clears throat> yeah, the the journey of of my journey of of entrepreneurship has been non linear at best, and 
I I'm actually really grateful for it. I, I didn't I didn't graduate from college um, in a major that I ended up going into a career in and and then continue on that that path for the long term. I I really took so so many twists and turns mm-hmm. in this almost unintentional path of of self-inquiry and discovery and it has been I mean it's been really hard at times and and I've I've certainly gotten lost in in the stories at times of you know painful moments and and really painful chapters but but now today I, I can look back at I mean almost 20 years of experience in in my career path and and just feel so grateful for all of those all of those moments of, you know, taking lefts and rights and instead of going a straight path because they, they, they've all become part of, of what I developed today and, mm-hmm. and really getting to the truth of, of what creation and entrepreneurship is for me and how I can help others in that process and, yeah, and fulfill my purpose. Great. Yeah. Serving others, fulfill your purpose, going to college. I have like mm-hmm. questions. I know. So if somebody was to ask you, not me, but somebody, somebody was to ask you, do you think I should go to college in order to pursue a career in business? Do you mm-hmm. think that's, that's a good path to go on in order to find their own personal journey? Mm. That's a great question and definitely worth asking oneself before making that investment in terms of time and money. If, you know, there, there's some, for sure, there are some career paths out there that require that you would go to college. So, for example, if you saw yourself in the medical field or in the legal profession and you knew that, 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 that those were things that resonated with you, then, of course, Formal, formal schooling is imperative mm-hmm. in order to achieve those those things. But if if you're somebody at you know 18 or 19 and you're and you're kind of you know still bumbling around and unclear of, of what your path is, I personally would see a lot of value in, in taking a year or maybe even two years off and and just sorting it out a little bit more before making that investment into one career path and. Um, I'm so grateful for for my college experience. I was a psych major, which I did not end up becoming a psychologist, but I had chosen a major that felt ubiquitous to life and to so many ways in which I could apply it. And so that that worked perfectly for me. And I have such a genuine love of psychology. And um, and then I had almost majored, or I'm sorry, minored in foreign languages as well, because I was just so interested in that at the time. And, and that's really what, that's kind of what started this tumbleweed process of, of unexpected opportunities coming my way. I was, um, I was offered a, a job at the State Department in D.C. out of college and um, at it, doing an internship and working with foreign language instructors and teaching them English. Mm-hmm. And so I had pursued that and, and then I, you know, I, I didn't know what the outcome of, of that would be, and and I wasn't focused on an outcome. I I was in the moment doing that, and, and then sure enough, the next opportunity presented itself, and that was to work um, in Congress. And so I worked in Capitol Hill for... No way. I did. I, I know. It's so strange, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're thinking she's wearing a suit and tie. She's wearing yoga pants I, and a white uh, gray cotton. I don't think I own a suit and tie anymore. <laughs> But I did. There was a time. I know you're wondering what she's wearing. <laughs> what is she wearing? Who makes her clothes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we could go a lot of different directions with that. But go on. Go on. I'm focused. So I and I took that opportunity in, in politics um, to, to learn a, a whole other side of myself that I didn't see coming and it was it was incredible because it was at that time I, I really I I got this much broader view of, of the world and and my my desire to express my my work and and 
I, I guess, my work and my contribution passionately. And politics is such a great outlet for that. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you can keep heart centered, right? Like, Definitely. and do you believe that that's possible? I don't mean for you, because mm-hmm. I feel like I know what your answer would be, because mm-hmm. that's your journey exactly. and that's your commitment, right? Right. That's yeah. unique to me. Exactly. That's unique to you. But is it possible for... I don't know, for you slash anyone who's in it for the right reasons in politics for making Mm -hmm. a change that has to do with everyone benefiting and not just the politicians benefiting or just the certain group Mm -hmm. of people benefiting, whether it's an ethnic group or a political group Mm -hmm. or a nation. Do you think it's possible for somebody who has a more holistic good in their heart and mind to sustain that in politics? Definitely. Definitely. And my, I I guess the way that I would answer that is um, having worked on the federal level and, and kind of, you know, been working in, in the beltway on, on Capitol Hill and, and essentially seeing where the sausage is made, that gave me this, this very sausage. <laughs> sausage. That's an expression, right? I know. <laughs> I thought, is, is that not an adage? It's like the sauce or sausage? where the sausage is made. <laughs> when you go behind the scenes oh, and you okay. see where the hot dogs are made, oh, and you have to see the whole inner workings of uh, things that are not the prettiest right. inner workings to, <laughs> to create the finished product. In this scenario, that Three. would be our sort of laws. I'm a vegetarian, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> because you see what the sausage is made. It's, it's true, actually. I, I um, through through that experience, I, I did realize that definitely there are certain personality types that are just on fire in that environment, and that's okay. great. That's mm-hmm. that's an that's so perfect for for some people. And yet, um, what I've also observed is is that there there's just such a much broader experience of how to affect change in this world and to express ourselves in activist ways and 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 that is that is just so so much bigger than than that microcosm that I had been in at that time and I I really feel like the greatest change we can make is on a local level I really do because it's it's grassroots and it's hands-on and Mm -hmm. and it's it's I I also feel like it's voting with our dollars I mean, that was one of my biggest wake-up calls at that time. I, you know, I was working in D.C. In, in 2003, and it was ultimately seeing what transpired after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, it was such a strange time at, at, in, in D.C. And, and just all of the choices that members of Congress were making and bringing our country to war in Iraq when... I, I just couldn't even understand these things, just given what the events had actually involved, and and I ultimately didn't feel a connection to that path anymore. And then mm-hmm. I, but I had gleaned from that experience this deep love and passion for the environment, and I had spent time advising my my then boss on. Um, I, I had helped her sort through issues around the environment and, and forestry issues, and and I had taken that with me, and and then I realized that. I wanted to create something in the private sector that would involve that. And, and that's what, through a series of events, it led me to starting this um, this ethical food company that is still really successful today. I'm, I'm no longer any part of it, but um, it was it was really special at the time. It, there were no, there were only I think maybe three or four raw food companies that existed at the mm-hmm. time, and and so we came in at a very early time, and. And I had it was my first time learning about veganism and and raw foods and <clears throat> and getting to know my own health in that context and and then witnessing this profound shift in my own health from from making these new practices a part of my daily life and and I I just felt so inspired to share that and and it was just such a like a peaceful activist way you know mm, beautiful yeah that's a t- I know that's a tough role to actually find, you know, that mm-hmm. women or people that I've known that are in the realm of activism, that it can be a fight mm-hmm. after a fight after a fight, and it can be so draining, and then you feel like you're a part of 
fight that you're not sure you want to keep fighting yeah. and nor do you have the energy to keep fighting, but to be able to be a peaceful activist. Totally I think different. that's like, that's the, that's a really powerful key that we're needing, that we're needing in the world to mm-hmm. figure out how do we take action and how do we make change while staying in a peaceful center mm-hmm. and not disrupting and complaining and being outraged through our work, yeah. even though it's understandable that we could be and should be outraged, you know, like, right. It is so understandable. Much- <laughs> yeah. it, it, this is such a weird time to be alive on this planet. And we're, we're just, we're, we're, it seems to be that we're constantly on the precipice of new change and the mm-hmm. advent of new technology and, and, massive transformative technological shifts that are just altering the, the whole paradigm. And it seems to be happening, you know, a, a whole a whole shift happening every year or every two years. And mm-hmm. and um but speaking to what you had said about um about women who who are, you know, deep in their own space of, of being activists and, and they're constantly in the fight or, or women and men, you know, everyone really who right. would be involved in, in that path in their lives, I am reminded of a story about Mother Teresa that was so powerful at, um, at the time I had, I had heard it many years ago, which was she was asked to, um, she was asked to march in, uh, to, to walk in a march against the war that was happening at the time. And she said, I will not, I will not be involved in a march against the war, but if you ask me to march for peace, I will be there. Awesome. And yeah, and it's such like it's it's just such a shift in the mindset because when we are in this space of fighting against something and and in 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 a space of of resistance and bringing that to our lives and to our work, then that's the reflection that will come back to us, and, right. and that's such a huge, expensive way to use our energy resources. That's and right. yeah, where in areas if we can find our path in in doing something beneficial for the planet and and doing something in a non-resistant way that creates a positive contribution that's right it's so different that's right it's really also like that idea the Gandhi quote of be the change you wish to see which mm-hmm. is such it can sound kind of trite but when you really take the time to apply it to the world and to your life and yourself <clears throat> within the world to say okay, this thing about my life or the world I hate or I don't like or I feel a lot of resistance to or I don't understand and I can't make sense out of it. Instead of just focusing on this is bad, this is bad, this is bad and, and going into a spiral of negativity mm-hmm. and and dis- seeking destruction of something to actually be the mind that's connected with a heart, that's connected with a higher perspective that can say, what would be better than this? Mm -hmm. And can I, would I be willing to, can I um, find the resources, the team, the the mental creative connectivity to be able to actually create something better? Mm -hmm. Can I be part of creating something better and let that something better replace Definitely. Replace the old broken yeah. ways. And I feel like we're in the middle of that. Like we can definitely make choices about lining up with like being really mad that things aren't working well in so many capacities. Or we can line up um, in these grassroots ways mm-hmm. and coming together um, locally and saying, how do we make this better? Absolutely. I mean, there's so many opportunities today to mm-hmm. make change on the local level. And and you see these incredible sweeping movements across social media where there's a hashtag that gets picked up and, and it goes viral and suddenly you see this whole sweep of, of people around the world doing these incredible trash cleanups on beaches. And, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, I, I can't think of something more positive than something in, in that, in, I, I guess, in, in that frequency that's being created. You know, it's such an uplifting experience and such a major contribution and, and it inspires the people who are, you know, looking at this online and, and children that get to, you know, grow up witnessing this kind of thing. This is 
this is what we need to focus on is, is the positivity and that's right. And that reminder that energy goes where where what is it? Energy flows where attention goes. Yeah. And that's right. So what do we want to focus on? And that's a win win <clears throat> it's like I could say win win like something yeah. <laughs> so win win, win win, win win, win win, win, win win. I think that's Nobody a, can look the pyramid the illustration that you're making with your hand, but that really made sense. <laughs> it's like a pyramid of wins here. Exactly. I'm seeing like wins like from the top down. Everyone wins. <laughs> yeah, it really is because it's like nothing is left out. No one's left yeah. out. The environment wins. The individuals win. The energy, the essence yeah. of the the space that we're creating from is benefited. The energy we feel within our bodies is benefited. Yeah. That our participation in something positive is beneficial mm-hmm. for ourselves and for others. Definitely. You know, and and I'm always really interested in that subtle realm of like what you could call energy, which is like the essence, mm-hmm. the feeling tone, the that subtler, quieter realm. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's like we can definitely pay attention to the loud voices that are speaking in politics and the high, the top of the pyramid of, you know, power that -hmm. were like, he said this. Guess who I'm talking about? He said this. He said this. And it's terrible. It's like, it's scary and I'm afraid and I hate it and I don't like it. And I'm way down. I feel like I'm down here at the bottom of the pyramid going, where's my win? And my win is where, what you're talking about, which is like to be where you are and know that you have power, that I have power. We have power, Mm -hmm. not in an overpowering power, but like a power to light up the grid, light up um, ourselves, light up one another, light up the consciousness that interconnects that pyramid that grid of win-win-win to the top mm-hmm. where we see that's where the power is we might perceive with our five senses hearing voices he- not hearing voices but you know <laughs> <laughs> hearing the conversations does that sound less psychotic <laughs> hearing you know the president speaking or you know government officials speaking and thinking they're the ones who've got all the power but to also realize mm-hmm. that where we are in our exact right place that there is great power in our own lives and yeah. our communities and that we can be yeah. changed. But you know what's so interesting? I, I mean, it's, I feel like it's worth saying that this mindset that I have at this stage in my life and career was not just, it didn't just evolve in, in a flowy, ethereal, mm-hmm. yogic way and, and, right. and this transpired with just perfect grace and ease. I, I've, I've had to do so much of my own self-inquiry and, right. and personal work and working through a lot of anger issues. I mean, I, I really do feel like when I look at the, at the broader scope of the world and, and certain things that are happening in, in our planet today, that there's just so much unresolved pain and anger fueling that 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 Absolutely. those multiple situations all over the world. And so I do feel like one of the most important things we can do for ourselves to align ourselves with with uh this this better or I guess to me it's it's a it's a greater truth of, of peace and mm-hmm. bringing that to our career and our path is is starting by going within and and who knows? Who knows what's in there? It could be. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it could be childhood stuff. It could be last week's, you know, misunderstanding at lunch. It could be. Who knows? It could be a professor that angered us at some point. And mm-hmm. and it, it is really important to um, to check in with if if we have anger or resistance to uh, to that piece within, just to find out where that's coming from and and work through it. You know, there's. Yeah. There's no intention that I have of, of communicating any spiritual bypassing in in the in this process. I I have arrived here at what I I hope is the most authentic way that I could have, and awesome. and just by really listening to my heart and listening to every step of of this journey. And that's really thank you so much for saying that and bringing that to this conversation. And that's really something that I'm wanting <clears throat> to both. highlight, you know, in this conversation as well as to learn from, you know, I feel like 
I definitely want to be a student of that, you know, like to be participating in all these ways that we're talking about to make positive change, but also really to be in alignment with my inner truth that's beyond the wounding of my stories and my beliefs that I've Mm -hmm. acquired over time that I probably don't want to call mine, you know, but at the same time, it's like, there they are, you know, this like sense of self-limitation or isolation or not being worthy or not being good enough or strong enough or whatever it might be, but to like also address those quieter voices that are holding me back. And I know for so many people, it's, you know, this like quiet little space of desperation that a lot of humanity is living in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe if we can go into like some more of like the vulnerability of that truth of what you have had to struggle through or work your way through or some of the, you know, quote unquote failures you've had to face. Definitely. I, so a lot of that is actually tied into this, this raw food company that I had started and, and my exit out of that was, um, it was a really painful chapter in my life and Mm -hmm. it was rife with, PTSD and and a lot of trauma, a lot of betrayal that happened, and and just really unexpected events um, that they they really affected me for so long, and and so I I feel like I spent the better part of a decade really sorting through this spiritual crisis mm-hmm. that I had found myself in, and 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 for a long time I I was just so deep in, in the story. I was so deep in, in, in understandably because the way the trauma affects one's brain is, is that, you know, these events just remain so fresh in the mind and, and we don't have the ability to process um, these events and, and remove the emotional charge from them and, and put them into the long-term storage of our, of our minds like a, a normal memory would would transition into. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that for a really long time. And it was, it took actually seeking, um, seeking EMDR therapy to, to resolve that, that stage of it. Mm-hmm. And, and in that process, I realized that there was just, oh, do you want to say what it is? Yeah. Can you, say, do you sure. want to say what that is? It's eye movement. Is it eye movement desensitization repatterning? I believe that sounds right. Isn't that? Yeah. I think that that's really close. It's basically a way of yeah. bringing up trauma in order to clear it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and repatterning the brain. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's actually shocking how much trauma really so many of us walk around with undiagnosed, un, unacknowledged. Right. There's, there's still this really just difficult stigma in our society that therapy is this thing that is, it's something that we need to be ashamed of. And what an illusion. I mean, what an absolute disservice to ourselves. It really is because there's so many manifestations of the traumas that we're all carrying. And I think if we can just bring the word trauma to the light and be like, we all are carrying trauma, it doesn't make us bad or wrong. Actually, for most people in most of the Western world, we're born into trauma, Mm -hmm. um, born into an experience of trauma and most of us take our first breath out of pain and fear mm-hmm. gasping for breath <laughs> because we get back back <laughs> in a cold bright room oh. being hung upside down that just sounds awful could you imagine, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> could you imagine oh waking God. up in the morning all of a sudden you're naked well, there be a in a cold bright room and someone's like wake up I just wonder if there will be a time when when that practice is considered archaic and probably if you can imagine I I can imagine that right now like oh god right now we're like oh god we're doing that are we doing that right now and with all due respect to western medicine and the and the benefits of of I mean praise the heavens that we have western medicine available to us for diagnostics and for emergency care and for critical care absolutely great but at the same time the fact that we look at childbirth as a medical condition is part of the problem 
But what, what I want to say is, if I could just <clears throat> finish that point about the trauma, is like if we could recognize that we're all carrying some form, if mm-hmm. not several forms or incidences of, you know, picking up trauma mm-hmm. in our bodies, which is, you know, pain and fear and intensity without it being released or processed like wild animals do in nature because we're, quote, unquote, civilized, you mm-hmm. know, and we just kind of stick it in, in our nervous system yeah. and we don't recognize that we're supposed to act civilized and go back to work and so pretend like you never saw that or never got hit or never, yeah. you know, all these different kinds of things or you were never, you know, attacked in the ways that people just experience it all, all over the world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the solution has been to medicate uh, largely in, in many different ways, whether it's socially acceptable medications like alcohol um, or pharmaceuticals. Some kind of escape, some kind yeah, of a numbing, numbing mechanism. The answer, let's just yeah. say that, that the answer has been to numb. Let's just yeah. numb the pain and the fear and anxiety. Right. Watch TV, entertain yourself so you don't have to listen to what's going on inside your head. Avoid yeah. and numb. It's actually incredible when we're talking about this right now to really view our current world and its, or at least in our society and in the United States society and view its its current behaviors and and the, the the typical American pastimes. There there is actually something much deeper underneath that. This right. this, this kind of avoidance. That's right. Of of exploration of emotions and and whatever might be there. There. I, I yeah. mean, we are. It, even television viewing, everything, it's, it's all connected to that. Absolutely. It's and it's a form of addiction, so we could yeah. also go all into all the different kinds of addictions that are happening in order to numb and avoid, numb mm-hmm. and avoid, numb and avoid, which works for a while. Yeah. It's, it's, a good, it's a good medicine yeah. for a little while. Yeah, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with those things in, in small doses. I mean, who doesn't love a good cocktail every now and then? Mm-hmm. I certainly have some shows or, or movies that I love to, you know, watch on Netflix when the moment is right. Mm-hmm. And so all of those things are, are great and balanced. Right. It's just when we are leaning on those things in lieu of, of deeper self-inquiry, that's something that is worth paying attention to. And I I, I definitely see, um, yeah, I, I see I see the issue of, of avoidance being much bigger than, than we realize because... Yeah. There, it's it's just again the stigma with with brain health, and I I honestly I can't I can't think of any person I've ever met that couldn't benefit from therapy. I, I believe every person in this world could benefit from therapy and the exploration of how, <clears throat> excuse me, how our thoughts, you know, the the brain connects dots in these completely unexpected ways between this event here and and then. This is this other situation, and 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 then we make these associations, and and these associations sometimes become triggers, and and then we're suddenly triggered, and we have these these hits of anxiety or or depression or insomnia. Mm-hmm. Insomnia was a huge symptom in my case, and right. something that I I just assumed <coughs> that I had. I I didn't have any idea that I was dealing with real trauma at the time, and I was really buying into the the kind of um, the the standard mindset that seems to occur, which is, you know, there isn't enough discussion on therapy, and 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 that it wasn't something I needed, that I could handle it myself, and especially in America, where we really are in many ways such a hardworking society, right? And there is such a there, there's such a, a value that's placed on you know working hard and working all the time and and putting a lot of pressure on ourselves and and to achieve this this concept of uh, the ideal, the American dream, and, and this perfection and and so on. And I feel like somehow the absence of, of self caring in our minds is connected to that because there there's just this toxic mindset of well I'm supposed to be able to handle it myself right. I'm not supposed to ask for help with this. Certainly, that's, that's a sign of weakness. Yeah, that's our and, value system. Yeah. And yet so many people are feeling isolated and depressed and anxious exactly. and disconnected. Exactly. And seeking remedy to that through things like social media and yeah, yeah, There's the television. It's so true. Yeah. And 
I want, can I ask you a question? Sure. How do you think, do you think it's possible to come to these places of interest in self-inquiry without getting to like such, um, so much suffering, you know, mm-hmm. like how do we identify our own suffering as not just like, this is the way it is. This is the human experience. And this is who I mm-hmm. am. This is my story. Yeah. This is who I am. This is, yeah. you don't understand. This is my story. This is who I am. I am. I am who I am. How do we unlock some of that to, I don't know if the word is unlocked, but like, how do we have the courage to say, maybe I don't have to suffer so much and maybe Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait till I have this like profoundly, you know, life and death situation to make it, make my life feel better. It's such a valuable question. And my first answer that comes to, to mind is, is that, for one, there are a lot of people out there who don't even realize that they are suffering. They don't realize right. that they're numb because they've been in that program for so long. And they, they're they in that mindset, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Life is fine. And, and that four-letter word, fine, is, is such a... You want to define that? <laughs> An acronym for... It, you can say... What is the acronym? It's like... Fine. Uh, Fucked up, insane, neurotic, <laughs> and insecure. That's an I. Something like that. F- fucked Something. up, insecure, neurotic, and uh, what was the E? Equanimous. <laughs> and equanimous. <laughs> Everything's just yeah. fine. I don't know what the E yeah. is. But yeah, no, I mean, there's that place like I'm fine. Like, yeah. I mean, we in some ways we have to be fine because we have to go back to work. We have to right. go to business as usual. We have to pay the bills. Right. But just maybe there's a way to invite more authenticity in those day-to-day experiences that we are committed to and and still show up to go to our nine-to-fives and to, to do those things and still show up for our families, but just acknowledge that we are, in fact, not fine. And there's no change that can be made within oneself without without really getting honest mm-hmm. with, with ourselves. and. And that honesty can only happen when we are just just even willing to to I guess in, invite more exploration within. So so I think to myself, you know, one of the first things is is that if if somebody doesn't even know that they're not fine, <laughs> then I would, which is hap- it happens all the time. Of course it does. It's, I'm sure it happened to me so much in my twenties, and, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think that some of the things that I observed at that time was. Things like um, I, I would I would watch a movie of, of somebody traveling the world and, and leaving all of their belongings behind and, and and their material their their material life you know and and I would just go oh my god and I was so triggered by that and I would start to cry and I would mm. and I didn't even know where to put that I didn't know where to where to put it in my life and I I didn't understand yet that that was actually a major signal that that my heart was was tied into my own version of that path. And and so um, I, I started to become more curious about, you know, exploring, um, uh, you know, whether it was through magazines or, or articles online or, or something, um, really, really starting to explore what the image looks like of, of what, what would the dream life look like? What would that look like? And, and am I happy in this company right now, I mean, my my then partner and I, we were working sometimes 12-hour days, and we were just, like, locked in this kitchen in San Francisco in our facility um, manufacturing our products and and then um, handling all of our accounts around the country. And, and, and it was great in one sense. I was so thrilled and, and so grateful for that growth in, in that business sense that I was also just... I, I was so starved at that full level, and and so I just continued to expose myself. <laughs> we're having an, an onslaught of, of birds. <laughs> I, I think it worked. They, think it worked. Did, they left. They, they <laughs> felt that that breeze. Wave. <laughs> like, wave. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I I just started to expose myself more. Almost to you know today's version would be let's say going on Pinterest, for example, and vision boarding and, and look at the things that excite you and that bring you joy. Mm-hmm. And even if you're not there right now, mm-hmm. that's not important. It's important that it, 
it, it's bringing excitement and joy into your heart and into your life because I can guarantee that in some way, shape, or form, it's a beacon. It's it's a it's a you know it's a light post for you to to look at and and to it's there to guide you and to show you oh okay this this is actually bringing me joy. The idea of of redoing my home or the idea of um, of, of painting or um, if, you know who knows what that is. Well, one thing I want to add, I want to, I don't, I don't want to assume that it's a clarification, but it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is that um, going, doing something like going on Pinterest and seeing these things <clears> that excite you, that it's not so much about looking outside of you to find your joy and fulfillment, no. but to, to recognize, to recognize what lights you up. Yeah, exactly. And and it could be, again, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be Pinterest. It's just the first thing that comes to mind. But okay. there, there's so, honestly, there's it's just so easy to go on there. Mm-hmm. It was actually a big part of, of my visiting process. I started to realize how much joy I would I would receive from looking at pictures of, you know, world travels. And, and it resonated so deeply with me. And, mm-hmm. and that's actually been huge in in shaping my my life my life path now and because now fast forward you know my my love and I we live in Spain and and we are cultivating this really beautiful experience for ourselves and and finding a way to to craft that life between California and and Spain as our home bases and and invite more and experiences and travel in that and, and all while running our businesses and, and manifesting the income and the resources mm-hmm. that we that we want in order to, to do that. Awesome. That's amazing. And do do you see that the practice, the process of self inquiry to going into our stored pain, to going into the lights within us, what lights us up, it benefits things like business and your relationship and your life circumstances? I do because it, it, it again it's it's going to it's going to highlight number one the things that bring you joy and it's also going to highlight what isn't feeling resolved in you and it's only when you start to see what isn't resolved in you then you can begin to 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 bring your attention to that and and, and work on that and clear it I mean isn't isn't the goal of that to to clear it out of our space so that we can create space for the things that will bring us joy. And right. Yeah. And so I just want to ask you more specifically when you say to clear it out of our space, mm-hmm. can you be a little more sure. literal, Definitely. more specific? So for example, in, in my personal experience, I, I was, I was so entrenched in, in a lot of PTSD that I didn't know was there. And I, I was just so blocked from um, from fulfilling some of these dreams and wishes that I had, and and I I, I kept trying to to move into these these you know career goals and these and these things that I wanted to create and and to start another business. But every time I would get into that space, I, I was just so filled with anxiety, and it was occupying so much of my psychic space, and and it was honestly just at that point. It was dictating my life. It was it, it had taken control of my life and was stealing my time away from me and oh and stealing my life force. And yeah. it's just a tragic thing when when so much of our energy is tied into really like coping with a life that isn't that isn't bringing us peace inside. And and how much energy we have to expend to perpetuate that cycle and and we're just enduring and sustain it yes and and every day it just feels like we're dragging knuckles across the ground and and we're just enduring 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 and and then we're we're coming home and we're trying to medicate ourselves with you know with maybe with drinking or with you know for some people smoking weed or you know or watching tv and and just numbing out and, and not communicating with our loved ones and and just not engaging, you know, checking out totally, totally tuning out and, and just kind of leaving our bodies because who wants to be in that space of, of feeling that, that sadness. And so, um, I had to really, I had to go deep in, in a lot of the work and, and that's when yoga had become such an integral part of my life. And I credit yoga so much with being one of these things that, 
like saved me. It oh really did. It, 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 it was something about the, the, the vinyasa, um, the flow that, that I had begun doing at that time. Um, it, it took me out of, of my headspace and really brought me back into my body and, and gave me, gave me a healthy way to move energy through me, move energy through my cells that, that so often get stuck in us. And we, I mean, it's wild when you actually see how much energy of, of whether it's joy or sadness or, you know, trauma that gets stuck in our cells. And, right. and those things will, will hijack our lives if, if we allow it, if we don't have awareness of those things. And, right. and, so I, I just needed to do the work to get those things out of my space. And, and again, that, that ha- really happened with EMDR therapy. And, and I did um, about, I think, maybe a year and a half or almost two years of really intense EMDR therapy, sometimes two sessions a week. And it, for me, it was really scary at first. It was so vulnerable. I mean, emotions that I had probably never dealt with in my life were just, bubbling to the surface and and I needed to I needed to I, I just needed to process it I and, and every time I did and, and I would you know find another memory or thing that I needed to clear out mm-hmm. I would I would let that integrate for a couple of days um and and then see my therapist again possibly or see her the following week and then and then I would I would just feel something more expansive in my heart, something, something more authentic because the way that I see it is that, you know, all of these things that we learn to do in terms of coping in our lives, whether it's, you know, codependent behaviors or um, just the day-to-day programming, it's, it's almost like, like transparencies that are superimposed on our authentic self. Right. So you keep, you keep adding more and more transparency layers on top of, of those things. So when I think of clearing out those things, I think of how do you remove those codependent behaviors that are dictating your life? How do you remove those, uh, those day-to-day programs of checking out or, or however we cope in, in order to um, become more authentic and, and then create from that place and live from that place and, and basically do like a full reset. And yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been really powerful to see truly who I feel like I am for the first time in my life versus um, a life that, that didn't really feel quite so authentic to me. Yeah. You know, during that, that previous chapter or many previous chapters in my life and and they were all part of it it was all perfect and 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 awesome in so many ways I I don't think I would trade any of it in Mm -hmm. it was all genuinely me but but today I I definitely feel more embodied than I ever have and there's a lot of joy in that and I would love to reflect that back to you and say you know that's a lot of the reasons why I wanted to do this with you, mm. you know, to have this conversation with you because that's how oh, I so experience honest. you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I experienced you as, <laughs> you experienced me as a Muppet last night. We yeah, did, I did all the that. giggles. <laughs> People don't know all the giggles that happened. <laughs> the last night. No, but it's like, you're so well put together, but not in like a formal <clears throat> or this kind of oh. way. It's like, you're super authentic and joyful. And I know you're in your Dharma, you know, and that's like, so much of who I aspire mm. to be and hope to be, you know, even just if I was to say just even for myself, you know, it's like, yes, I want to come off like that. Mm-hmm. And so well put together and so joyful <laughs> and in my purpose. My hair looks fantastic. I know. We, we both look so <laughs> stunning. You actually do. You're, you're very do I? Gorgeous. Really? Surprisingly. Thank you. I woke up like You this. just wake up with this sexy two-fold hair and... It's like Aww. this Bridget Bardot look. What, what is that? <laughs> How did you do that? I've been, I've been in the bathroom for hours working on this look. <laughs> I have like these big patches of gray in my in my scalp, and I'm like, that's all I see. Isn't that funny? It's like all I see. It's like we were talking about your smile. You're like, I'm like, look at this beautiful picture of you and this puppy. And you're like, all I see is this one thing that you're like, this is the flaw. Oh this God. is the flaw. What a testament to how hard we are on ourselves yeah. on the day to day. We just, it's really hard to invite, 
to to invite the the, the light, the, the reflection of light back into ourselves. I love that True. reflection from you. I'm 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 going to remember that because I'm yes. I'm not wanting to resist the 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 good stuff that people see because maybe that that actually is what they see and and they're not they're not jerking my my tail. <laughs> That's actually what they say. Is that like sausage? Is that another phrase? Wait, jerking my chain. That's what it is. I like jerking my tail. Jerking my tail. I'm first-generation American. So I get all. Really? Yes. And so I was the only person in my family born in the U.S. So I get all of these American phrases kind of thrown sometimes. I should know them on some level, just having grown up here. But <laughs> okay, you don't need oh, any so. of them. I love that you're working with them. <laughs> I'm I just creating my own. Yanking yeah. my tail, right? Is that what it is? And jerking my chain? Maybe that's what it is. I don't think it's either one. Really? <laughs> no, my God. yanking my penis. I think is how that one goes. Obviously, <laughs> obviously yanking my penis. I'm mean, welcome. I got your back. from here for it. <laughs> I got your back, girl. You. You're just welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you just run with that one, sister. <laughs> that will be a new hashtag for today. <laughs> I think that's the whole name of the show. Yankee Machinist. Yankee Machinist with Elizabeth. <laughs> thank you. So, yeah, so thank you. Let's see. Um, we've got just about uh, eight minutes left to wrap up. I want to just kind of check in with you, like, where you are now and, you know, what yeah. you're working on now, what your where your passions are directing yeah. you from this clearer, mm. more authentic version of yourself that you're living in and enjoying in and traveling with and playing with. Hmm. So, um, so the the process of, of moving to Spain has has been really stressful. We've been there, um, we've been there part time now for um, going on two years this summer, and I I love the perspective it brings to my life on the day to day. Seeing that culture and and the, the the vibe is muy tranquilo, like very relaxed, and and people don't live to work and work to live. They they have just such a different mentality and it's it's very healing for for me and, and especially coming from such an intense past work life that I had held for a long time okay and for for Matt also my partner and so that's been really beautiful and um and it's been really exciting to to just really dive in head first into all of the amazing opportunities that working online offers us in, in all of the really cool ways so we can make money and and not be attached to a nine to five job. And so I've been um I've I've definitely been diving into, you know, different experiences and and I had recently um become or I I began inventing um different things that I've been thinking about for a long time but I just I was I just was shy and I hadn't pursued it. And, um, and then the opportunity had arisen um, uh, about a year and a half ago. I had just decided, you know what, I'm going to hire a coach to, to help me learn how to invent. Because over the years, one of the things that's emerged is that I just have this love of prototyping and this love of creating products from the ground up and, and finding solutions to existing problems. And so um and so I've, I've actually come back to the U.S. on this trip for um, for a meeting to pitch um, this particular invention I've been working on to a company in the U.S. that would be licensing my product. Awesome. And, yeah. And so it would be really lovely to um, – it, it, that would be amazing to have that as, you know, a stream of income. And, and I've worked on – I've worked on so many different things. I've, I've built dropship websites and – that's been a really exciting thing to, to play around with. And what is that? So drop shipping is the idea that you can have an online store without storing all of the inventory and without tying your capital into inventory and then having to warehouse it and fulfill it and so on. And instead, great. yeah, it's great. Instead you can find companies and, and different places to procure the goods that you're that you're looking to sell or promote as part of your brand, and then they handle the fulfillment and the and the shipping out to your customers for you. So great, yeah, it is. It's amazing. I mean, this is such a juicy time in life to mm, to be creating money and and all of the ways that we can manifest that. It's mm-hmm. it is it is 
so not just a, a one-dimensional experience anymore, you know, where we have to just live paycheck to paycheck. There's so many creative forces that sources of income and and there are people out there just doing so well, you know, just on their YouTube channels and mm-hmm. and certainly, you know, we we've, we've seen the advent of, of Instagram influencers, you know, definitely that's that's been lucrative for, for certain people and 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 it's not even a reliance on just one source of income. The diversifying of multiple streams of income is is a it, it just feels like a really safe way to craft this this path. And so um, that's what I've been working on. And, and Matt has, Matt has um, his company, which is, it's a virtual, it's a virtual IT company that he runs from Spain with his business partner who's in Costa Rica. And just such a, again, just such a reflection of, of how amazing it is that we can just do all of this online and, and still be serving clients or, or creating goods and services. And, um, and be handling all of this remotely. It's amazing. It's yeah. so exciting. It really is such an exciting time. And I want to ask you if you could tell us a little bit about um, <clears throat> your two two companies, Yogipreneur and yeah. Stone Grounded. We don't have a whole lot of time, so I'm, no, I'm that's sorry. Okay. I'm no, sorry to bring no. up so late in the game. <gasps> that's okay. But, so, uh, yeah, if you tell us a little yeah. bit about And also just how people can contact you if yeah. they would like to Definitely. work with you or um, – yeah, definitely. Get in, into contact with you. So, Joan Grounded is this company I had started um, years ago, um, inspired by um, some fabrics that I had found in Peru, and and I I'm just such a big believer in in diverting uh, people's consumption from polyester products and so on, and, and plastic based goods to more organic materials. So, I found um, some really beautiful products to work with, and I started producing clothes from them, and so. Um, I have inventory that's, that's actually stored that um, I can have fulfilled for me while I'm out of the U.S. And Amazing. Yeah, which is great. So people can just go on my website and, and my products are for sale in, in that way. And, and that's been a really sweet little source of income. And and um, and then I started building this website, yoginipreneur.com, really to house all of the, the various things I've been working on. I, I am definitely a serial entrepreneur. I, I am <laughs> in, in good ways and in bad ways. I'm a recovering entrepreneur in, in some ways. I've, I've certainly had entrepreneur whiplash in a lot of ways, but, but what I'm creating with that site is um, one spot where people can find a lot of resources for themselves mm-hmm. in, um, in, you know, living a, a life that could, possibly be remote and and create different ways of, of generating income. And so, and, and yeah, again, with the hopes of, of just not, not having to be tied down to one job that might not be bringing them joy. And so um, that's in the works right now. And, um, and I, I, I'm on my social media. My, my handle on Instagram is Elizabeth D108, 108 being that sacred number in, in Sanskrit and, and so hopefully that's easy to remember. Great. So, yeah. Great. So that's Elizabeth D. Like, like David. Like, say, like David. Pronounce your last name again. Dankin. It's such Dankin. a weird last name. It's weird. It's a German last name. That's Nobody why. <laughs> <laughs> I just always have to preface. People say Donkin, the Honkin, and, and they. That's what I would say, the Honkin, because <laughs> the spelling is so strange, and so. Um, Dankin, just Dankin is, is easy breezy. Elizabeth D as in David or Dankin, one zero eight one zero eight. Yeah, and that's on Instagram, and and people can find me on there, and and people can just go to my website on Stone Grounded and message me, and and um, uh, Yogini Preneur is not available for contact yet, but either okay. yeah, my Stone Grounded site or or my my Instagram handle. Amazing. Easy ways. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel honored. Thank you. I love it. I love the show. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. We have fun. We have fun anyway. So thank you so much to our beautiful, really exceptional guest today, Elizabeth Dinkin. And you are indeed listening to the Hypnotic Comic. It's been such a joy Mm. to be of service with you. I hope you Mm. have received well, lots of guidance and reassurance and hope and clarity from this show today. I am your hostess, 
Jenna Grayson first. Sorry, that was stupid. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Jenna Grayson. We'll edit that part out later. I'm the Hypnotic Comic. You can find me at thehypnoticcomics.com, and that's where I have my um, comedy shows coming up. And also, and she's hilarious, by the way. And by the way, <laughs> she's hilarious. Yes. She's got some good bits. She, she did a couple of good bits last night. I did a little comedy show for our <laughs> birthday party last night. It was fun. I was trying on my, um, what is that show? The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. She like, entertains people at parties. I always wanted to do that, so I just did it. And it, it. Worked. it worked. See, look at you following your dharma. I love I it. I did it. Amazing. I said a little prayer. I was like, all right, God, if you want me to do this, I'll do it. Anyway, you can also find me at jennagreason.com. G-R-A-Y-S-O-N, and that's where you can find out more information about um, my work with hypnosis, hypnotherapy, and uh, counseling, and that is something that I do locally here in Los Angeles and Orange County, as well as long distance. Thank you so much for our show producers, the marvelous twins, Doug and Don, and Namid Wolf for our intro music. We are out and grateful and thankful and sending you lots of love and kisses. Mwah! Mwah! Gracias. <laughs> Anna style. <laughs>